I'm Michael Brennis, and this is the Showbiz Roundup. After a few years cultivating his craft in Michigan and Philadelphia, Michael Hudson Casanova has established himself in Chicago with a new trio featuring Eric Scove on guitar and Gustavo Carinas on drums. Dance, another art form that has special significance for this alto saxophonist, will feature prominently on the trio's Madison date. I'm here today with Michael Hudson Casanova. Michael, thanks so much for being on the Showbiz Roundup today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michael. You were on the scene in Philadelphia for a while, uh, Temple University, I guess, um, and are now located in Chicago. You're also originally from Michigan. Take us through the path and how you've come to settle in Chicago. Right. Um, so I grew up outside of Detroit and uh, got into jazz through uh, Detroit's vibrant jazz scene, was a member of uh, the Detroit Civic Jazz Ensemble in high school. Um, then I went to the other side of Michigan and attended uh, Western Michigan University and studied music and uh, music education, jazz education there. And uh, what brought me to Philadelphia uh, was grad school. Uh, I went out there and um, learned a lot, not just from Temple, but uh, from the really great jazz scene um, in Philadelphia. Uh, it's so close to New York and other vibrant scenes like uh, Baltimore and DC. So really got a lot out of um, playing and meeting people out there. And um, so my wife and I were in Philadelphia for about four years from like 2017 to um, 2021. So I've been in Chicago almost exactly a year now uh, and really enjoying it so far. Great. You released a sextet record recently that you recorded with, I guess, a band of collaborators from Philly. Um, was this a long-standing group? Yeah, we were together um, for about three years. Uh, so like most of my time in Philly, that was that was my big project out there. Uh, I wrote a lot of that music on Echoes of Thought uh, when I was in grad school. And then some of it, uh, you know, once we planned the recording session, I, I uh, composed a little bit more. Um, that That is a group of, uh, like, Philly friends and older friends from Michigan who happened to be in Philly. So uh, the the trumpeter Elliot Build and the drummer Stephen Perry are two of like my longest musical friends. Um, so they really knew my music. And then the rest of the folks on the record um, were were uh, new musicians that I've been playing with just in Philadelphia who I just thought fit my my writing really well. And I uh, I'm really happy with that being like my first project as as a leader. Mm -hmm. What does this record mean to you as your first project and and uh, you know what significance does it have really for you? And then do you have plans to develop a Chicago based sextet as well? Well, um, I think any recording project to me is just kind of a snapshot of where someone is in their their music career. And that's that's kind of what that was. Um, I was finally ready to, to record. I had this this book of music that I felt really good about and this band that I felt really good about. So um, uh, to me, it was just a snapshot of that time in my, my musical life. Um, so it was a, it was a meaningful project in that way. I think it was kind of a long time coming. And um, as of right now, I don't have any plans uh, for a Chicago based sextet, although I'm not ruling out the idea. Uh, I, I really want every 
um, every project I do to be very different from the last one. So um, this this new project, um, which is kind of the, the purpose of uh, this interview to a point, um, is a, a trio um, and a pretty pretty different instrumentation. It's a saxophone, guitar, and drums, uh, no bass, um, which uh, was very inspired by Paul Motion's trio. So, yeah, let's talk about the MHC trio. Um, it's a Chicago-based group. You mentioned the instrumentation. Tell us about the other members of the trio, how long you've been playing together, and what does the repertoire consist of? Sure. Um, the other members of the group are uh, Gustavo Cortinas on the drums and Eric Scove on guitar. Those two have played together a lot, but uh, being that I've only been in Chicago for about a year, um, I, I really just met these guys. Um, Gustavo was one of the first people I met when I moved to Chicago and uh, he was very welcoming and invited me to a couple of gigs of his and jam sessions and uh, just kind of reading sessions at his house. Um, and uh, we played together enough and then I met Eric and uh, I started composing for this instrumentation, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. So our repertoire consists of uh, all new compositions, mostly things that I wrote last year in December. And you mentioned it's kind of maybe influenced a little bit by the Paul Motion Trio, the Bill Frizzell, Joe Lovano Trio. That's right. Talk about that a little bit if you can. I've been a fan of that trio since like early college years. I, I just love that that super open sound and their unique approach to improvising, uh, unique approach to tunes and compositions. Um, so this group is very much in the spirit of, of that band. Um, but we're not trying to, you know, uh, copy them necessarily. Um, so it's it's very much in the spirit of Paul Motion's trio. Um, other influences uh, with instru this instrumentation of uh, saxophone, guitar, and drums are like uh, Ben Maunders' trio with Tony Malaby and um, uh, Tom Rainey. I, mm -hmm. I love the sound of that group too. Interesting. I mean, is it challenging to find a drummer who can either like in tone that sort of Paul Motion or Tom Rainey thing. Those are very, such very different drummers and, and they have their own conception. I mean, how does, how does Gustavo do like in, in those terms? I think he does fantastic. And you're right that it is, uh, it is really difficult to emulate either of those drummers or both of those drummers. Um, uh, but Gustavo definitely brings his own voice to the table. He's a composer himself and is very active on the Chicago scene with his own projects. And uh, uh, I often refer to those drummers in rehearsals. I'm like, oh, yeah, play some Paul Motion-y stuff here, play some Tom Rainey stuff here. Uh, and he does it in his own way, uh, which is very thoughtful. And uh, I, it's it's great. And like I said, we're, we're very much in the spirit of those two bands. But, you know, we're... We can't we can't copy them because you know they're they're so unique you know. <laughs> yeah, Gustavo has another project that's coming to town to Madison pretty soon. That's right. It's it's a larger ensemble, I guess. I've heard that band a number of times now, and it's it's really great. All of Gustavo's music and uh, his record that he released last year. Um, yeah, I, I, we talked about that just yesterday. So. so there's a plug for that show too. There you go. Um, you guys are incorporating dance into the show you're doing at Cafe Coda. Uh, the combination of dance and jazz seems to come and go, but it feels like maybe it's on a bit of an upswing these days. We've had 
other projects come through town recently, including dancers. Uh, in fact, the cover of your album, Echoes of Thought, is a photo of a dancer. What's your connection to dance? So dance has always been kind of like an adjacent project to um, things that I'm doing. Um, the cover of Echoes of Thought is actually a picture of my wife, Sarah, uh-huh. um, who is a dancer. <laughs> and yes, and she will be joining us. Uh, she'll be joining us at Cafe Coda next month, um, along with her friend who she attended grad school with, um, another, another dancer and dance movement therapist, Alicia. Um, so yes, the Cafe Coda show is going to be the trio accompanied by two dancers. Uh, and we've been working out choreography for that. I should say my Sarah has been working out choreography for that. But um, the thing that I'm really interested in is the intersection of improvisation between music and dance. And that's kind of like uh, the focus of all these side projects I've done. Like I have a couple projects on YouTube with dance um, and in, in college back at Western Michigan University, um, I wrote the music for a dance project and that's actually how Sarah and I met. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I um, I have a dream of incorporating dance into one of my projects as, as a leader in a bigger way someday. Um, but uh, for now, we're just enjoying, this is going to be our first time performing together in about six or seven years. So, Your music is, I guess it's, it's improvisational, but it's more on the composed side of music as opposed to being free, for example. Um, and I've learned from other projects that incorporate dance, how the dance can influence the music and the music can influence the dance. Talk about how that might work with this project in particular. Sure. So Echoes of Thought is very composed. Um, one, I, I kind of rushed through talking about Echoes of Thought, but uh, it's uh, that, that Philadelphia-based group uh, originally started by playing the music of Wayne Shorter uh, particularly the album, The Soothsayer. Um, so we played all of that music, uh, and then I can kind of composed in the spirit of Wayne Shorter for, for this record. Um, now, uh, this trio is a bit more improvised than the music you heard on Echoes of Thought. Um, so we will be, um, we will be kind of sharing improvisational moments uh, between the music and the dance. And I totally agree with you that uh, not just the music is influencing the dancers, but the dancers will also influence the the musicians. Um, and that improvisation, I think it just brings a certain energy, especially to a live show um, that is is just really unique and, and interesting. So I'm really excited to do that uh, for the first time in a long time. Nice. Um, you list some of your important teachers on your bio, Dick Oates, famously of the Mel Lewis Thad Jones Orchestra, and also Michael Lewis from Happy Apple's Godfather, I think. I might have that wrong, but I think he's Michael Lewis's Godfather. Um, Edward Simon, the Venezuelan pianist. I remember him most as uh, the pianist with Bobby Watson's Horizon. Um, Yeah. Can you reflect on some of your experiences with these folks and other teachers and as a teacher yourself, how do you carry forward things that you learn from your teachers? Yeah, um, well, Edward Simon 
was uh, like a guest artist in residence uh, when I was doing my undergrad at Western Michigan. And uh, I was lucky enough to have maybe four or five lessons with him over the course of a couple years. And also um, I was able to perform some of his music. Um, and he was a really inspiring teacher. He's um, very soft-spoken, very thoughtful in everything he, he says, uh, how he answers questions. Um, and I think that's the thing that I try to bring uh, when I teach. You know, I teach a lot of younger kids and I teach a lot of um, actually people my age and older, too, who are just kind of getting back into it. Um, and like Edward did for me, uh, I just kind of give them what they want to get out of music, or at least I try to. Um, you know, I'm not I don't think any music teacher is just trying to create more pre professional musicians. Uh, <laughs> that would be kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I just kind of want to get them, give them what, what they want out of the instrument, what they want out of music. If that means learning pop tunes, great. If that means, you know, learning how to read music, also great. Um, and I can say similar things about all my teachers as well. They were really just interested in what, what I wanted to do. Um, and I really appreciate that the more I look back on it. So no throwing chairs across the room or anything like that? <laughs> Dick Oates maybe once. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, uh, he was great as well. Um, and uh, very, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of a story guy. And I got a lot out of, out of that. I mean, he just has such an expansive and long career at this point that, uh, you know, his, his, the gigs he's played, the situations he's been in, that's what to get out of a teacher like Dick Oates. He was, he was really fantastic. And of course, you know, listening to him play in person is just like mind blowing. <laughs> I can imagine being on the bandstand in the Mel Lewis Thad Jones Orchestra for as long as he was, that there's some really fantastic stories coming out of that. Absolutely. You perform on the alto saxophone. I don't know if you play alto exclusively, but it seems to be your primary instrument. Does the history of the instrument affect your desire to play it? So many legendary alto players, Charlie Parker, Cannonball, Eric Dolphy, Oliver Nelson. So there's that, the historical, you know, significance of the alto saxophone. Is there also something about the timbre of the instrument that excites you? There are lots of saxophones. Why alto saxophone in particular? That's a great question. Yes, I have been playing. Um, I have been playing almost exclusively alto for the last few years. Um, I play a little bit of soprano on Echoes of Thought. Um, soprano is a different animal, and it's really hard <laughs> for me. Um, still something I'm working at and, and want to do it more, but... Um, yeah, almost exclusively alto. The history of the alto saxophone and, you know, my first, some of my first favorite jazz musicians were alto saxophonists like Charlie Parker, of course. Uh, I was a huge fan of Phil Woods, Cannonball Adderley. Um, but somewhere down the road, uh, I actually tried to approach alto um, more like a tenor because, you know, I'll, I'm also a huge fan of John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins, uh, Mark Turner, uh, Warren Marsh. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention Lee Konitz as an alto player, mm -hmm, too. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a huge Lee Konitz fan. Um, but yeah, I really like the low range of the alto. I feel like a lot of alto players are kind of up in the stratosphere all the time. Um, and um, I also think the low range of the alto is kind of like 
kind of where my speaking voice is. Um, and I think that's why I'm drawn to it in a way. Um, are you familiar with this uh, alto player, John O'Gallagher? I'm not. He's uh, really fantastic. I think he lives in Ireland now, but he was in New York um, for a number of years. And he, like you can hear it from the first note he plays, he approaches the alto like a tenor player. I'm pretty sure I heard once that he only transcribes tenor players. So I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Um, so after I heard that, I was like, wow, um, that's a that's a nice and unique approach to the alto. So um, to answer your question more succinctly, um, yes, love alto players, of course, um, but also I think like every jazz musician, I, I want a unique thing on alto. Um, so I try to approach it in a different way. It strikes me as one of the saxophones that has, I mean, the different registers are so different timbrally, you know, in a way that like tenor isn't, maybe it's the way it's, the instrument's played to some extent, but like alto can really change the color of the sound based on the way it's played in the register and things like that. Yeah, definitely a lot of um, inflections and like expressive possibilities on the alto. Well, Michael Hudson Casanova, thank you so much for stopping by today to be on the Showbiz Roundup. We're really looking forward to your trio gig coming up here in Madison. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to it too, uh, July 2nd. And then uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that uh, we're recording uh, in Chicago. That trio is recording at uh, Transient Sound in Chicago uh, on the 5th and 6th, so the days after. So do expect the music that you might hear at uh, Cafe Coda to be released sometime later this year or early next year. Awesome. So people can come and feel like they were part of the workshops leading up to the recording session. 100%. That's it for this edition of the Showbiz Roundup. Our theme music is performed by Outside the Sphere, an experimental duo consisting of Tony Barba and myself. If you'd like more information about this show or any of the past or future shows presented by Bluestem Jazz, you can head over to bluestemjazz.org. And you can follow my doings or be in touch via rattletakebuzz.com. Catch you later. <laughs>